0: Hi, everybody. Happy Wednesday, and thanks so much for being with us on TSL Today. I'm Giovanni Heater, joined alongside Kyle Marshak today. We got Carter Hill back behind the scenes producing for us, and he's going to interject. We got a nice new setup where we got a microphone back there. We got a camera for him. Uh, Super excited for everything. We're talking NC State football. We're going to have Will Stewart on to break down some of his favorite NC State versus Virginia Tech ball games. And, of course, we're going to break down your Hokies in the pros. It's TSL Today on a Wednesday. And it starts right now. T.S.L. today on a Wednesday from the beautiful Corporate Research Center in Blacksburg, Virginia. Hi, everybody. I'm Giovanni Heater, joined alongside Kyle Marshak. Carter Hill is over there behind the scenes today. And, man, we got a good show for you. Let's talk a little bit of news and updates before we start to break down Virginia Tech and NC State here. And, by the way, go ahead and check out the Tech Sideline podcast episode where they preview uh, and predict the NC State versus Virginia Tech matchup coming up tomorrow, Uh, NC State and Tech. Tech will do battle down in Raleigh at Carter-Finley Stadium, but first let's get into our news and updates. Kyle Elizabeth Kitley of Virginia Tech Women's Basketball, named to the Lisa Leslie Award watch Watchlist, uh, looked at as one of the best centers in the nation. She was predicted uh, by the ACC uh, media polls to go ahead and repeat as ACC Women's Basketball Player of the Year. Your thoughts on Kitley and uh, this women's basketball squad?
1: Well, you and I were blessed with her presence in Greensboro last year. She's been so dominant and throughout the the season she's just been such a fun center to watch you don't get those talents very often in the ACC where with their height and their physicality they're as athletic as they are so I'm not surprised whatsoever
0: yeah no doubt about it and, and Kenny Brooks has talked about how she's even improved her game which is crazy to think about in a lot of ways uh, also another piece of uh, news and updates uh, Hokies women's soccer fell out of the top six in the ACC and will not be hosting an ACC tournament game on Sunday that was originally probably going to be the date for that game. Uh, they fall out of the top six. They will not be participating in the ACC tournament. And then Virginia Tech and NC State. Let's go talk about the Hokies and the Wolfpack going on in, in Raleigh tomorrow night. Let's give a position breakdown. This is kind of fun. A little different than what they did on the Tech Sideline podcast because, again, we don't want to relay the same kind of information. So we're going to go position by position, uh, both offensively and defensively, with a little hint to special teams as well. And break breakdown, uh, who, who's, who's got the the edge at these specific position groups and carter Hill's going to chime in as well let's start out with the quarterback position for this kyle i have it as a tie if devin leary's in the ball game it's a different story obviously he's out for the season with a torn pack uh he was injured uh in the game before the syracuse game and then it was announced the day of the syracuse game that he would not be participating the rest of the season so with jack chambers in at quarterback little inexperienced his first year with NC state, uh, getting reputable snaps here as a starting quarterback. Grant Wells on the other side has struggled a little bit. He's thrown more interceptions than touchdown passes.
1: I kind of have this one as a draw your thoughts. Yeah. I mean, you can't really go wrong with the tie considering, like you said, the fact that Leary's out, it's a different story. I'm actually going to go Virginia Tech. Okay. And that's not because of the numbers. Um, obviously, the stats are still supporting NC State with uh, Chambers in. But here's the thing. There's after Chambers performances, which have been so so thus far. Chambers and Martin is kind of the conversation coming into this game now it'll probably still end up being Jack Chambers but if they're talking about MJ Martin who's a true freshman possibly coming in for some snaps too I think that reflects the confidence they have in their backup guy right now so right now although Grant Wells isn't statistically the better guy I think the confidence reflects that Virginia Tech might have a slightly better performance in the quarterback role
0: that's an interesting point Mr. Hill who you got at the quarterback position
1: wow that works okay
2: first time we're using the webcam i didn't know if it was going to work or not yeah i'm actually going to go the Hokies i think if Virginia Tech had a strong wide receiver room it would definitely be Virginia Tech that would get the nod yes NC State's on their second slash third string quarterback but I'm gonna to go to the I'm gonna to go to the Hokies for that reason. Grant Wells is somebody obviously last year threw for under or over 3,500 yards at Marshall. Comes into Blacksburg, obviously everybody knows about his struggles, but I still gotta give the edge to the Hokies based on his ceiling, and I do think Grant Wells can perform pretty well should he get some help from the wide receiver room.
0: All right. Let's talk about the running back position. This is a position where uh, I'm going to agree with you guys who gave Virginia Tech the edge. I'm going to say Virginia Tech has the edge in the running back room, and it might not speak statistically. Um, obviously, there's a lot of talent at the running back position on the NC State side of things. Jordan Houston uh, has had a really dominant performance so far this season, and then uh, Sumi Carnobaye as well has been really fantastic. Jack Chambers runs the ball uh, really well. Um, on top of that, but I think that the reason that the stats don't necessarily speak out is because you don't have a large enough sample size uh, when you talk about uh, your guy Malachi Thomas for Virginia Tech and when he's in the game he showed it in Pittsburgh he's a difference maker and I think he's a really talented back Um, Keyshawn King has done some really good things he's shown that he can be explosive breaking out some you know 30 plus yard runs uh, some longer runs he's also deadly in the receiving game I mean it's a such a slight edge this is another toss-up and when you look at the paper NC State really does have the advantage but I'm gonna say with Malachi Thomas in it makes this a little bit different I'm gonna go Virginia Tech with the edge
1: yeah I mean it's tough to tell I think they both have really similar running back contingents they have you know multiple guys that they can use that can inch their way up the field for NC State I, I'm gonna choose their side simply because Sumo Carnby has more touches um, and I think with the O-line in front of him, he's looking to have a better performance although they also are a team that needs to work on getting space off the edge for Sumo Karnbe, Um, but again Malachi Thomas has looked really impressive statistically he could be a guy who projects to have better numbers than Sumo Karnbe but I just like Houston and Karnbe together I think they're a little bit more effective right now
0: Carter?
2: Well, Kyle, I can't help but agree. I got (laughs) to tell you, I think Malachi Thomas, you hit the nail on the head, would project to have better numbers than Jordan Houston. So far this season, 76 attempts for 304 yards. He has not found the end zone. So yes, I'm going to give the edge to the Hokies and Malachi Thomas in the running backs room.
0: Tight ends. Let's talk about tight ends. And I promise I got a lot of NC state going, coming up here on my list, but I'm going Virginia tech with the tight ends. When you look at the the stats here, NC state doesn't really utilize their tight ends at all in the passing game. Trent Penix is their leading receiver at tight end. He's got two receptions for 25 yards. Below him, uh, it's Seedbro, who has five receptions for 22 yards. And then, <clears throat> after that, it's his younger brother, Seabro Jr., who's got one reception for three yards. And then you look on the other side, Virginia Tech really does utilize their tight ends quite well. Nick Gallo is the second leading receiver on this football team right now. 23 receptions, 167 yards. And then Daquan Wright has really emerged. He's a guy that down the road with some development, I mean, Chris Coleman said it last podcast. You could be looking at a guy that has NFL talent and NFL capabilities. Uh, Daquan Wright's really young. A lot of people didn't expect him to get involved. And then, boom, they throw him in that UNC game in Chapel Hill. And he's a huge part of this offense. So I'm going to give the edge to Virginia Tech. I don't even know if it has to
1: do as much with talent as the fact that they actually utilize their tight ends a lot more than NC State does. No, yeah. I mean, I'd still like to argue that Virginia Tech still has a more talented tight end contingent because they recruit tight ends. They're looking to use them. I mean, yeah. So Virginia Tech is is my choice. Um, there's been a lot of pleasant surprises. Obviously, Gallo and Wright have been the two guys that have been really you know, pressing the offense up the field. But even then, you have... Connor Blumreck, who's the former quarterback, um, backup quarterback, he was honestly impressive. He had a handful of, you know, Boston College had a handful of small receptions, yeah. but he's really just a guy you look at, you're like, it's cool to have another athlete behind them. Not that that point is really super relevant, but yeah, Virginia Tech is my choice as well. Carter?
2: Going to go, yeah, the Hokies. True freshman Daquan Wright has certainly impressed as of late. You mentioned Nick Gallo. Drake Dullius has not been involved near as much as probably people thought he was going to. Same with Connor Blumrich. But because of Wright's emergence, I will go the Hokies. NC State just doesn't use their tight ends room near as much as you would think.
0: I think we can kind of blast through the next two in a way, um, especially for time purposes. Offensive line, NC State.
1: Yeah, NC State. Carter? Yeah, NC State. (laughs) All
0: right. Now let's talk about the wide receivers. Again, I'm going to NC State, and it's really not even close. They got a lot of depth, a lot of talent at the wide receiver position, and to be frank, Virginia Tech really doesn't.
1: Yeah, I mean, you know, VT is a high roof with a kid like Smith, but there's just more talent. Uh, Devin Carter and Thayer Thomas have just been super impressive. And this is a stat that I brought up before the show that I thought was really interesting. Devin Carter had 14 catches against Clemson last year. Now, it wasn't the same case this year, but if you have a dude who can put up numbers like that against a team like Clemson, then you're pretty good in the wide receiver room. Carter?
2: Yeah, no, I, I think it's definitely the Wolf Pack. NC State loses start receiver Ameka Mezzi. Guess what? They're still in really good shape with Devin Carter and Thayer Thomas. And obviously, Virginia Tech's wide receiver room has been one of their major concerns this year. So definitely the Pack.
0: Thayer Thomas is a baller, man. Let me tell you. I mean, he's got that speed to him. Only six foot 195, but... He's just pesky. I mean, he, he can carve up a defense with the best of them. Let's go ahead and uh, talk a little bit of defense now. Defensive line, I'm going NC State. I think uh, Virginia Tech holds a torch, though, when healthy. Tywon Garbett missed a chunk of time this season. Obviously, he was a force in the Boston College game. He's a difference maker on the field. I really like Cole Nelson off the edge. He's been, I think, more of a contributor than people might have anticipated this year. One guy I wish we've seen more out of, but he's been a little banged up, missed a game or two, uh, has been Josh Fuga, especially after the year he had last year. I kind of expected him to step things up a little bit. but So I'm giving that edge to NC State, but I think Virginia Tech is is right there, and it's kind of close.
1: Yeah, not to mention Fuga's really sick tattoos. So yeah. he's a, he's always fun to watch. <laughs> yes. But, yeah, on a serious note, I have to agree. NC State's just more talented in that category. I mean, they've got White, Baker Williams, and Battle, all with multiple tackles, um, or, or excuse me, talking about the uh, the secondary. When it comes to the tackles though, they have multiple guys over forty on the season with Thomas, Wilson and more. I think they just have more talent that position straight up. Carter.
2: Definitely go NC State. Interesting note, and we talked about it before the show, but Charlie Wiles, NC State's defensive line coach, was here in Blacksburg for the majority of the Frank Beamer era. He was at Murray State before he even got to Tech. He leaves Virginia Tech after the 2019 season. He goes down to Raleigh. The first game that he coaches at NC State guess what, is in Lane Stadium. And now the Hokies make the return trip to Raleigh two years later. That is why
0: we have Carter as our <laughs> That is why Carter turned on the microphone today.
2: <laughs>
0: All right, let's go ahead and talk uh, some more defense here. Let's go to the cornerback position. I, again, have Tech here, and, again, it's close. And NC State's overall defense is a lot better than Tech, but Virginia Tech has some really uh, impressive corners, and I think it really starts with uh, man Stuart Delane, true freshman who... I mean, they're talking about a guy that can play snaps on Sundays uh, by the end of his career, and you just got to hope that the Hokies can keep a guy like that in Blacksburg.
1: Yeah, I mean, you, you might have a higher roof with a guy like Mansour Delane. This is another one I think is a toss-up considering the fact that overall the defense for NC State is statistically better. But I'm going NC State simply because Aiden White has been locked down <laughs> so far this year. A ton of pass breakups, and he's tied first in the ACC in interceptions. So he's been super impressive.
2: Yeah, it would actually go to the Wolfpack. Yeah, Dorian Strong out. Yeah, Monsour Delane has certainly stepped up. But still, I mean, you look beyond that and Breon Murray and everybody else. This Virginia Tech unit just doesn't stack up with, 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 with what they got going on down in Raleigh. So, yeah, NC State.
0: Linebackers. For me, it's NC State.
1: Yeah, that, that's another tough one. Um, I'm probably going to go NC State. You know, as a, a Hokie, it's hard not to like the way hollifield has been. His leadership is such an underrated quality. Um, and he's also just incredibly consistent with the fact that he can shut down the middle. But, yeah, I think the linebacker contingent is also just more talented right now for NC State.
0: Yeah, I mean, Isaiah Moore has been really impressive. Drake Thomas, especially, uh, is a guy that that stands out, no doubt about it. Carter, what are your thoughts?
2: Yeah, NC State, Peyton Wilson is an absolute stud. Last year missed a good chunk of the season due to injury. He's back now, and he's performing at a high level. So the Wolfpack.
0: Yeah, I mean, he's going to be a guy that, again, is going to play snaps on Sundays, uh, and he's kind of that marquee guy on the NC State defense. Let's continue uh, now on to the safety position. Safety position here. I again am uh, going to go NC state and you're seeing a little bit of a pattern here as far as NC state's kind of the better team uh, in this matchup on
1: Thursday. And I, I think everybody across the country knows that. Yeah. I mean, you know, you got, you got Connor and people and, and they're both very impressive and they've really been consistent, not necessarily the weakness on a, a struggling Hokies defense so far, but NC state just has more production there straight up.
0: I feel like Chamard Connor in some ways has maybe underperformed, but he's still such a asset and leader and, uh, to that defense. In some ways, he's kind of like that silent assassin. The defense kind of runs through him. They talked about a lot in the preseason how he's one of the quieter leaders. You know, Dax yeah. is the amp him up kind of guy on the defense. And then Chamari's kind of that silent assassin. I just love watching Chamari Connor play. Um, again, you know, you go NC State there, but just because Chamari maybe is under approved and you know, as far as his actual production, but I think Virginia tech still has some good weapons yeah, but, and safety
1: to your point. I mean, a few weeks back when they tossed him 25, I was yeah. thinking, man, I forgot that Chamari Connor was another plus player on our defense. Cause yeah. obviously, again, it's a contingent that struggled a little bit. You guys know which positions have been weak and Chamari Connor is not that guy that pops up in your head. Like, man, he needs to perform so much better than this. Although right there is still space to improve. And he's
0: a big contributor on special teams. Carter, who you got at the safeties? Yeah,
2: Yeah, I'd go NC State. Yeah, I like Chamari Connor, Jalen Stroman back there as well, and Azir Peoples. But yeah, the Wolfpack, more depth. They've they've had higher player-making abilities throughout the year, so definitely would go to NC State here. And like you said, to your point, you're starting to see the trend. NC State is a better team, and Virginia Tech has a decent defense, but NC State's maybe a little bit better.
0: All right, quickly, let's just blast through these. Virginia Tech for punter for me. Uh, Peter Moore has done an outstanding job job he's had a couple of rough games but uh, I still think he has the edge especially being a captain on the team and uh, everything like that and then when you go ahead and, and you talk about the place kicking position this is where it gets tough but I'm going NC State Christopher Dunn I mean he's 20 for 20 on extra points he's 14 for 14 for field goals and he's got a long of 53 yards those are stats pretty comparable to Will Ross for Virginia Tech Will Ross 14 for 15 on extra points he missed one at Pitt Eight for nine uh, on field goals total for the year, and his longest is 49. So I think Dunn uh, beats him out with his leg there.
1: Yeah, I mean, straight up, you got to go with the numbers at the kicking position. I think Chris Dunn has just been more impressive. He's 100%. Yeah.
0: Yeah,
2: Yeah. Hokies at the punter position, Wolfpack at the kicker position.
0: All right, let's uh, breeze
1: through these. Run defense and pass defense. I got NC State for both. Run defense, I'm going to go with a tie. I think okay. we, they both have run stoppers, but pass defense, definitely NC State. NC
0: State ranked third in the ACC in run defense, Tech seventh. So interesting, but I'm not disagreeing with you. Tech has done a good job, but when you look at Israel Banacanda, 320 yards and six touchdowns, it's like, yeah. how do you let that happen? You know what I mean? Carter, what do you got?
2: I'll go NC State for both.
0: All right. Pass offense and uh, run offense. Again, I'm going to NC State for both, and it's weird because I said um, I said that running back position went to Virginia Tech, and that one was really close. But they got a quarterback that—that's pretty much what he does right now. And Jack Chambers is run the football, so I'm going NC State. Yeah, I
1: mean, and not to mention the O line is definitely stronger for NC State too. So you can have whoever back there, but when the O line's carving the path, your run deep, your on run offense is going to be more impressive. So yeah, overall offense, NC State.
0: All right, there's your uh, Monday, or excuse me, Wednesday news and updates and your position breakdown for NC State versus Virginia Tech. Well, when we come back, we're going to go ahead and dive into our Hokies in the pros and gave our and give our prediction for the NC State-Virginia Tech game on Thursday night. Then on our final segment of the day, Will Stewart's going to hop on and break down his favorite top five NC State versus Virginia Tech games historically. He's Kyle Marshak. He's Carter Hill. I'm Giovanni Heater. We'll see you in a minute. It's TSL Today on a Wednesday in Blacksburg. Welcome back here on TSL Today. It's a gorgeous Wednesday at the Corporate Research Center in Blacksburg, Virginia. Hi, everybody. I'm Giovanni Heater, joined alongside Kyle Marshak. And behind the scenes today, Carter Hill chiming in from back behind the Best podcast producer in the land station, as it's called here at Tech Sideline. Well, go ahead and check out uh, the Tech Sideline podcast from yesterday for your full preview of the Virginia Tech and NC State game coming up tomorrow. Uh, we just did a position breakdown on our last segment, and now we're going to talk uh, Virginia Tech football. We're going to give our predictions for the NC State game at the very end. First, we're going to talk Hokies in the Pros. Kyle, who you got for your trademark Hokie in the Pro uh, with his big performance this week?
1: Yeah, Khalil Herbert was fun to watch. Again. Against the Patriots a couple days ago 12 attempts on the ground one reception for 87 yards total and a touchdown and a 33 to 14 win over your former Pats
0: yeah I mean I think uh, that uh, the, uh, the Bears really stepped up they yeah. kind of opened some eyes I think they were looked at as one of the bottom of the barrel teams uh, in the NFL and then in uh, big contribution to Khalil Herbert alongside Montgomery at that running back tandem and then uh, the passing power a couple of days ago of Justin Fields. They've kind of stepped up and emerged as uh, maybe a little bit of a threat yeah. so they kind of made the Patriots look silly and uh, Khalil Herbert was a
1: big part of that. Yeah, Fields was a pleasant surprise for sure too.
0: Yeah, no doubt about it. Alright, well, my hokey and the Pro that I'm going with this week, Divine Diablo of the Raiders. Uh, had a big game. Uh, they took down the uh, Houston Texans on Sunday. 38-20 to 20 was the final score. He led the team in tackles with 11, six solo tackles, five of them were assisted and Diablo has kind of been a surprise uh, getting his way into the starting rotation. I mean, he was really opening my eyes especially a couple of weeks ago on Monday Night Football when they played against the Kansas City Chiefs. It just felt like he was in on every play defensively making his impact felt and uh, really cool to see a very recent Hokie both him and Herbert who graduated and were in the same NFL draft class uh, making big impacts in the National Football League. Carter, why don't you give us a breakdown of the rest of them. I know for Hokie Sports, uh, for Virginia Tech Athletics, you actually write this Hokies in the Pros article, so we'd love to get your insight.
2: Well, we got no webcam this time and the reason for that is actually so the webcam got frozen in the past segment <laughs> so you guys were stuck on screen and i was stuck on screen so hey it's a work in progress with tsl today we're getting there i do want to highlight joey sly he was he was somebody who was three for four in field goals this past sunday two for two in extra points and as long yes it was a 31 yarder but he is nearly perfect on the season he's seven for nine in field goals 8 for 9 in extra points. And do you want me to keep going? Yeah, keep going. Okay, running. so we'll keep going through it. Let's see who else performed for the Hokies this weekend. Brandon Faison recorded a tackle for the Colts. Kendall Fuller, three total tackles. Yash uh, Neisman, he recorded a 69.3 pass blocking grade. Mm-hmm. Raheem Blackshear lined up as the kick returner for the Panthers for the third consecutive week. Amari Barno played three snaps defensively. Wyatt Teller was still sidelined because of that calf injury. Dwayne Brown for the Jets, all 59 snaps, a 72.2 pass blocking grade. According to Pro Football Focus, he still hasn't missed a snap this season. You talked about Diablo with his 11 total tackles. And then Terrell Edmonds for the Pittsburgh Steelers, five total tackles with, yes, five total tackles with two coming on his own. And then obviously guys like Tremaine Edmonds and Tim Settle with the Bills were off this week with the bye week. so. Another solid week for the Hokies and the pros. Yeah,
0: no doubt about it. All right, let's go ahead and give our game predictions for the NC State game. Kyle,
1: we'll start with you. What's your final score thoughts? Considering the defense, <clears throat> I'm going to make it a semi-low scoring one, if you will. 21-14 to 14 NC State. And okay. my reason for that, as long as NC State reads what the Hokies give them, which they pretty much know what they're getting in the 4-3 They'll be able to outscore them. You know, there is a world where VT wins, but it would have to be where their offense has an all-time season performance. They're going to need Smith and Gallo to get a ton of yards and really perform. And then, you know, Malachi Thomas is due for a breakout game. So if he has a great game on the ground and the O-line does their job, then there is a world where VT keeps it close. And we've seen them perform against great teams and just fall short multiple times this season. So I would not be surprised if it was a one-score game.
2: Carter, what are
1: you
0: thinking for uh, Thursday night's matchup in Raleigh?
2: I think I got to go NC State, and I think they're going to cover two. What the spread right now is 13 and a half still? 13 and a yeah. half? Yeah. 13 and okay, half, so correct. yeah, I'll pick the Wolfpack to cover too. Chris wow. mentioned it on the podcast yesterday, I believe, but I agree. I don't think a lot of points are going to be scored. Obviously, Virginia Tech cannot score offensively, and NC State is a pretty good defense. On the flip side, Virginia Tech's defense yesterday has struggled as of late, but it's still solid. It's a solid group. And NC State with the backup quarterback has not been able to do much. You saw that Syracuse game, obviously. So I still think, even though with all those circumstances, Virginia Tech just they find ways to lose right now, unfortunately, and they're just going through one of those years. And they'll be okay in the long run. But yeah, I'll, I'll take the Wolf Pack in Raleigh.
0: <clears throat> Two weeks ago, I'm taking the Wolf Pack. <clears throat> I've watched NC State struggle. Two games since Devin Leary goes out uh, on the offensive side of the football. I'm taking Tech 14-10 to 10 the final score. Very low scoring. Okay. And the reason I'm saying this, the offense will not score 14 points for Virginia Tech. They won't. It's going to come on... A, it's going to come from a defensive touchdown or a special teams touchdown. Probably not a special teams. You're probably not going to get, I mean, they did have a blocked punt for a touchdown in Pittsburgh. So it's, it, they've, they've shown that you I'm thinking pick six uh, scoop and score type stuff. There's no way techs offense scores 14 points. I think techs offense puts up one touchdown then a defensive or special teams touchdown. And NC state's kind of struggling on the offensive side. I say they put up 10 points. Tex went at 14 to 10. That's just that's just what I'm feeling. I don't think Tech's a good football team by any means. I just think they eke one out, and a pick six or something just changes the ball game.
1: So you think NC State still wins that time in possession battle? Yes, because Tech gonna go three and out. Almost the entire game. So, yeah. I, I mean, when you put it like that, I'd, I'd have to agree. Tech would have to score on defense, which you have they, to. they're very capable of.
0: I've, I've said that all season long, ever since, like, the first couple of games. When people ask me, hey, Gio, you know, who's going to win the Tech game this weekend? I say one, and the other team, but I say like, and, and, and I hate to do that. I lo- like, I want to see him win, but it's like, you just like, you got to be realistic. But I say, and they're like, well, what does tech do have to do to win? I was like, they won't win another game the rest of the year, unless they get a defensive or special teams touchdown. Cause the offense is just not producing enough points to win yeah. a game. And he, even at Pittsburgh, they did produce a good amount of points there most of the season And then they gave up 45 or 49 or whatever it was. So I think the only way they win games throughout the rest of the year is a defensive or special teams touchdown. And weird things happen on Thursday nights. Halloween weekend, baby.
1: I can't help but agree. You know?
0: All right. I uh, I think that wraps things up for us today on our second segment of TSL. Today, stay tuned. Will Stewart coming up next to break down his top five Virginia Tech NC State matchups after this. Welcome back here on TSL Today. It's a little bit of a rainy Wednesday in Blacksburg, Virginia. We're here at the Corporate Research Center. I'm Giovanni Heater, joined alongside Will Stewart, and uh, we sub out Kyle Marshak for Will Stewart to break down Will's top five Virginia Tech versus NC State games. First of all, Will, your first appearance on TSL Today, so we can't thank you enough for uh, believing in us and and giving us a platform. And uh, I'm going to kind of tee you up to just let you take the
3: reins right now. Let me go. Yep. Okay. So, uh, you and I were talking last night, we decided to do my top five, uh, NC State Virginia Tech football games. So the two teams have played 12 times in my lifetime. They played in 1964, a month before I was born and didn't play again until 1986 when they played in the Peach Bowl. And, uh, spoiler alert, that game might be in my top five. So, uh... The losses that I remember are seven and nothing in 1991 in Raleigh. That was very frustrating because Will Fuhrer, if I remember correctly, threw five interceptions that day, <laughs> like two in the end zone, and Tech lost by a touchdown. And 17-16 in 2004, Brandon Pace missed, I think, a 40-yard field goal as time expired. Virginia Tech is in my life nine-two and one. Okay, so those are the two losses that I just went over. The tie was 1992 when when a uh, Tech football team with a bad record tied a ranked NC State team. NC State kicked a wounded duck field goal as time expired to tie that game at thirteen. So that accounts for the two and one and the nine two and one. Okay. So my five top games were picked from the other five. Now I got to admit some of the games I don't really remember, even though I was a big fan at the time. So the wins in nineteen eighty nine and nineteen ninety that Tech had, I don't really remember. You know, and they don't really stand out, so that narrows it down to seven games that I have to pick the five from. So here they are. Uh, number five, number four and number five are on my list are kind of in the same spot. Okay. So I put it number five, September twenty-sixth, twenty twenty, Virginia Tech 45, NC State twenty-four in Blacksburg. And that of course was Virginia Tech's first football game after COVID. Okay. Uh, it was September twenty-sixth, and I think Tech was actually supposed to open with UVA that year. But it got, it got can't it, delayed. Yeah, in the, it yeah. got delayed. I do so. remember that. Yeah. Yeah. So um that was first game after COVID. First game with Khalil Herbert at running back. Okay. And we got a little taste of how good he was gonna be, but get a load of this. He had 104 yards rushing, but he only carried six times. Wow. And so the tech coaching staff didn't really know yet. Right. Um Hendon Hooker was out with COVID and Justin Hamilton, defense coordinator, was out with COVID. Okay. So I think they had Ryan Smith, the corners coach, calling the plays on defense that day, if I remember correctly. Oh, man. So with Hooker out, they started Braxton Burmeister, and they actually played Quincy Patterson. And I was surprised to find this. Quincy had two touchdown passes that day. Really? And as you know, Quincy didn't work out here. He's bounced a couple other places and and really just hasn't developed into a quarterback. So I found it really interesting that he had two touchdown passes in that game. Uh, For NC State, Bailey Hockman started at quarterback and was not good. Right. And they replaced him. You know, Tech jumped out to a 17-0 lead quick. Right. And they replaced Hockman with Devin Leary, who actually went 12 of 16 for 165 yards. I don't remember him doing that well, but he did well. So that's my number five. Number four is September fourth, two 2005, Virginia Tech 20, NC State 16 in Raleigh. Uh, What I remember about that game is, Marcus Vick was, he's in the 2002 recruiting class. He redshirted, played, alternated some with Brian Randall in 2003. Then Marcus got dismissed from school for 2004. Right. So the, this was the season opener in 2005 on the road at NC state. And so that was Vick's debut as the, the sold, you know, starting quarterback. He didn't do all that great. He was 10, of 21 <laughs> for 108 yards and he ran for 31 yards. That's you know, some, not that's not very good. <laughs> no, you, you could see the playmaking ability, though, but Tech was outgained 438 to 232. Holy cow. And they won anyway. Tech had no turnovers. NC State had three. Tech had six penalties for 40 yards. NC, NC State had 12 penalties for 105 yards. Okay. NC State was coached by Chuck Amato at the time. Right. It was Amato's next to last year.
0: I saw uh, something, and I don't mean to interrupt. I saw something where... Bill Roth tweeted about it. There was like an NC State fraternity that mistook um that mistook Mikey in the booth for uh their coach or something. And there's like a whole story that goes along with that. Interesting. Yeah. <laughs> it was it was weird. It, it, I guess we'll have to look. It's like their new podcast. So we'll have to check out the new episode.
3: Amato was a was a trip. He was called Chuck the Chess. Okay. Um, and and I so I actually have some, some stuff I copied from Chuck Amato's Wikipedia profile that I found really interesting. He played football at North Carolina State. He was a three-year letter winner in both football and wrestling. Wow. He played linebacker on the 1965 team that won an ACC conference co-championship, and, and he posted two undefeated seasons as a wrestler, earning two ACC titles at heavyweight in 1966 and in 191-pound class in 1968. So Chuck the Chest, known for his raspy voice, his big chest, and his red shoes, was an ACC champion wrestler. So interesting stuff. All right, game number three. And this is, I, I had to go look this up. This is fascinating. So number three was November 21st, 2009. Okay. Virginia Tech 38, NC State 10 in Blacksburg. Now, what everybody remembers from that game is Ryan Williams dragging an NC State defender into the end zone. <laughs> and if you guys haven't seen, you young guys may not have seen that I don't clip. think I've seen that. Google Ryan Williams NC State and try to find it. He gets down the sideline and an NC State defender grabs him. And gets his jersey, and what you wind up with is 10 yards at the end of the run where Ryan Williams is dragging this defender who's on his back on the ground holding on to Williams' jersey. I think I found it. Ryan Williams drags him into the end zone.
0: Well, we're going to plug that. So right here we'll leave a breath for right when we're going to
3: show it on the uh, post-production. It's just really cool. So if you ever hear the the nickname Ryan M.F. Williams, (laughs) that play is pretty much where that comes from. But what is, what is most notable about that game is Cody Grimm, who was, I don't remember what position Cody was playing. I don't know if he, he was a whip or a rover, probably a rover. Cody Grimm, Russ Grimm's son, played at Tech, was a really good safety. He forced three fumbles in the span of four offensive plays by NC State. And he forced seven fumbles that season, which is good for third all-time in NCAA history. Wow. There's a guy from, I think, Iowa or Illinois who forced nine fumbles in a season Okay, about 10 years ago. There's another guy who forced eight in a season. And then there's a handful of guys who are in third place with seven in a season. So Cody Grimm forced seven fumbles that year, but three fumbles in four. Three force fumbles and four snaps is unheard of. <laughs> that's insane. Uh, you know, Bill Roth would probably remember the exact record. Clearly, that's an NCAA record. Right. You know, you just, it's, a, it's an incredible stat that nobody ever talks about. Right. All right. So, number two is October 2nd, 2010. Virginia Tech 41, NC State 30 in okay. Raleigh. And that, of course, was the Tyrod Taylor-Russell Wilson game. Russell okay. Wilson was playing for uh, uh, NC State at the time. And Tech got off to a really bad start. They were down 17 0 with like one minute into the second quarter. Wow. So it was just boom, 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 and they were down 17 0. And this thing looked really grim. And then Tech scored right for half to make it 17 7. And the opening kickoff of the second half, David Wilson ran it back 92 yards for a touchdown. Holy cow. Tech missed the extra point, so it was 17 13. But from that point on, it was game on really and so tech eventually took control of the game it was back and forth for a while and tech took control of the game and won at 41 to 30. uh darren evans had 15 carries for 161 yards Tyrod Taylor had 16 carries for 147 yards. Oh my gosh! So between the two of them, 308 yards on just 31 carries for a quarterback. Which, which is Izzy a Yeah, yeah, you yeah. Know, to to have 31 carries and over 300 yards. Russell Wilson threw three interceptions, which was a big key to Tech winning the game. Right. Um, but he also threw for 362 yards and three touchdowns. So wow. It's a lot of offense. Now, number one, of course, all right, I've been on nine minutes. I will spend <laughs> two or three minutes on this. Number one is, and and this is a landslide, this is easy, the uh, 1986 Peach Bowl. It okay. was played the day after my 22nd birthday. So it was December th- 31st, 1986. And before the 93 Independence Bowl and before the bowl streak, there was the Peach Bowl, the 1986 Peach Bowl. Tech had never won a bowl game before. Wow. This was either their sixth or seventh bowl game. I don't really recall. Okay. And they played NC State and they beat them uh, 25 24 on a last second kick, last second field goal. Um, The game had way too many twists and turns to get into in the context of TSL today. It really deserves its own podcast. But I was a senior, I was 22 years old, and me and a bunch of my college friends um, took a Greyhound bus down there and stayed at this ratty hotel and went to see the game and (laughs) where was it atlanta it was in atlanta fulton county stadium okay where the braves used to play at that point in time that's where they had the peach bowl okay so some interesting notes from that game like i said it was a back and forth game with so many twists and turns um chris kenzer was virginia tech's kicker at the time and chris was from pulaski county and he was a straight on kicker he was not soccer style and he had a really interesting season i think I don't remember what year he was. I know he played the next year. I think he was a junior this year. He was 22 of 27 on field goals that year when that sort of accuracy out of college kickers wasn't common. And he had an interesting year. He missed his first two of the season in a a game against Cincinnati that I think Tech wound up losing. Um, So he missed his first two. Then he made 17 in a row. Wow. And then he missed – Three in a row. (laughs) And I remember the three in a row that he missed. It was at Richmond. My buddies and I traveled to Richmond to watch Tech play Richmond. Okay. And Kinzer was one of four that day. Wow. Which was so out of character for him. But then he closed the season by making five in a row. Now, there's a caveat there. That's regular season stats. Right. Um, I didn't have a chance to look it up and see how he did in the Peach Bowl. Point is, he was money. He had made a 50-yard field goal in the rain as time expired to – beat kentucky earlier that year so he was just an awesome money kicker so it was a back and forth game and i've got some notes here with so tech was down 24 to 22 and they got the ball in like their 20 with i don't know a minute and a half left or something like that and they started chipping away and driving downfield and with 33 seconds left to go tech had no timeouts and maurice williams runs. I uh, don't know how how long it was, but you know they were getting down close to the NC State red zone. Maurice Williams runs, gets tackled in bounds. Thirty-three seconds left to go. Clock is running. Williams, he's a little gimpy. He's got a little cramp or something. He gets up. He tries to run to the sideline, and the Tech coaching staff yells at him, "Get down, get down!" <laughs> so he falls back down. Oh, my leg, my leg! So they stop the clock and they tend to his cramp. Right, you know? all right. And so there are rules in place these days for running time off the clock and all that stuff. There was nothing in place back then. Right. So the NC State fans, of course, are furious. So that stops the clock. And with fourth and three, Tech quarterback Eric Chapman completes a pass to the state 29-yard line, 15 seconds left. So it's first down, clock stops, Tech lines up, and they run a play and they hold. Oh, so man. they get booted back to the 39-yard line. They are now out of field goal range with 11 seconds left. Okay. So with 11 seconds left to go, they throw a pass to the end zone to David Everett, who is he, He's a, like a major gifts representative in the Hokie Club now. David's been working for the Hokie Club for many years. Okay. So again, 11 seconds left, 39-yard line, throw it to the end zone, and State commits pass interference.
1: Oh, man.
3: So they move the ball down to the State 23-yard line With four seconds left to go. Now you can kick it. Now, clock is stopped. Tech has no timeouts. And so, uh, uh, I'm suddenly blanking on the NC State coach's name. uh, Dick Sheridan, I think it was. He calls a timeout. Chris Kinzer. First of all, he gets out there. They do the whole thing where he gets out there, line up, ready to kick the field goal. And right before they snap the ball, NC State calls calls a timeout. So, teams go to the sidelines, and Kinzer doesn't move. He just – right where he's – he just – Takes his helmet off, kneels down, and just sits there at the middle of the field on one knee looking bored. That's funny. The timeout ends. Everybody comes running down on the field, and he crushes it right down the middle for the game-winning field goal. And we freak out. We, we think it's the best thing that ever happened. We, we're all flooding the field, and I've got a picture of a little Virginia Tech flag. We planted it right where <laughs> he took it from. That's awesome. And probably the other trivia item from that game that's interesting is it was broadcast. I can't remember the network that did it. It was, it was on the US, USA network. I can't remember the name of the, the broadcast company that did it. The color analyst for that game was Lee Corso. Really? Yep. Yeah. Interesting. So that is my number one game of all time. Anybody who lived through that knows it just as The Kick. So it, it really resonates with... Fans of a certain age, you know, people people my age and older. So those are my top five Virginia Tech-NC State football games.
0: That is awesome. Just to piggyback off of uh, what you said about Kinzer, he went two for two that day. Uh, one of them was from 46, and the game winner
3: was from 40. So 46, so, so that means he was 24 of 29 that season. Wow. Just uh, a phenomenal accuracy record particularly for a for a straight leg kick right
0: and that time period yeah. yeah yeah very cool stuff very awesome well will thanks so much uh for being on tsl today sure thing thanks for having me on Al. yeah all right well that concludes our show today on tsl today he's will stewart we had kyle marchek carter hill behind the scenes i'm giovanni heater we'll see you on friday for tsl today in blacksburg